Hello guys, welcome to another edition of the podcast. Uh, we've explored uh, the life lessons of footballers, boxers, rugby players, football managers, but now we're going to do uh, a race trainer's insight into life with horses in beautiful uh, place, near, not far from Andoversford, A40, way out of Cheltenham towards uh, Oxford with Fergal O'Brien, who's a former jockey, former trainer with Nigel Twist and Davis, has been out on his own for a number of years now. Fergal, thank you for having myself, my wife and my daughter mm-hmm. out here because it's absolutely beautiful. To be fair, it is gorgeous, sunny day in the Cotswolds. I mean, it brings it to life. Is this, this a pinnacle for you? I guess why, you, why you're involved in this sport as well, the day-to-day beauty of it out here? Yeah, you know, to, to be outside and spending your time with, with the animals, with the horses, is, um, is what you do at the start. But, you know, I started as a lad looking after my horses and my four or five horses with, 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 with different trainers. And, um, yeah, it's, it's what you do it for. You know, it's, 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 um, it's great days like this, but we do, you know, being a jumps trainer, we do spend most of the, most of the year <laughs> wind, cold, yeah. rain. But it's still a great, it's still an amazing job to do, you know, and I, I always feel very privileged and very lucky that um, I, I, I'm involved in the sport. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm not a big flat racing person. Um, so I, I, tend to, um, I tend to just love the jump racing and, you know, regardless of the weather, I, I just love being with the horses, yeah. Yeah, and everyone out here has got a tan. It's a weather tan or a sun tan. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> everyone's got that, that aspect to it. And for you, it's, for growing up and, and being in it, because part of the reason I started this podcast was as a traditional broadcaster, we interview athletes and trainers and people like that, but don't often get the insight of what their life lessons are from it and why we, as fans, are fascinated by sport, what we get out of it as participants and trainers. For you working with horses throughout your life, what's it, what's it given you from, from being a boy upwards in terms of character traits? Or Yeah, definitely. De- de- definitely gives you that side, you know, that um, uh, you know, things will go wrong. You know Murphy's law, things will go wrong, and 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 that's life. And it's it's you know the the the, the people who succeed in sport are the people who um are the people who keep going yeah. when things are going wrong. It's very easy, you know, sports very easy when everything's going right, and it doesn't matter whether you're ra- you're training racehorses, you're managing a football team, you're a football player. It doesn't matter what sport you're doing. Um, it's easy when things are going well. At the same point, when it's very difficult, you can do the same things day in day out, and things don't go so well. And just keep doing that that day in day out. Just keep doing that grind, and knowing that it'll come round, and having the belief that you'll that things will turn around for you, even when you're going through a bad a bad period. You know, we we get it all the time with the horses. Yeah. You know, we're dealing with animals um, who can't tell you what's wrong with them. You know, so you get one like a child in a school that gets a, a runny nose, then inevitably he passes it on to the next one, to the next one, and it's it's those times when things aren't going well that you have to be patient and mm. um, you gotta, you just got to take your time and just believe that things will come back round. So, yeah, it's, 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 sport's been very good teach in, in life lessons like that, you know. And as a boy, when you first start and you're on the your ground floor with the horses, is that the key is just getting to know them and, and, and subtle hints of, of when they might perform mm. and when they might not be ready to perform? Because I guess it's, they can be emotional animals as well as have sicknesses and things like that. Very much so. You know, um, when I first started training, you know, uh, uh, when, I, not for, when I first started in racing, it was you know thirty odd years ago, and no one ever thought of the mental side of, of racehorses, and and similar to footballers, no one ever yeah. thought of the mental side of footballers. Whereas now, you know, when we train horses, we not only train them for fitness, but we, we try to train them mentally to to be mentally strong. And so the key there is not to over race them, not to overtrain them, so that they're always mentally sharp. They're not drained. You're not. You're not. You know, they don't feel oppressed. You know that they, they're living in the best accommodation, being fed the best food, 
and you know you just want to keep them in a very mentally happy place a, a happy horse like a happy <laughs> human will will do go do far more for you than, than someone who's trying to go against you you know so um yeah things have changed and, and starting off you know when i did start off um yeah you just you learn to adapt yeah I think it's good for humans to be around animals and have those working relationships because I was reading a book recently about the, you know, our last, it's called The Last Century with our friend the horse or something. It was the 20th century, how motor cars came in before that. Everyone got everywhere on horses, would keep horses, have that relationship. Do you think, in a way, we've lost that connection with the, the, uh, the mother nature, the animal world, because we don't no longer live, obviously you do, but live with animals and horses and have working dogs and things like that? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, without being too political or all the rest of it, you know, this is why there's such a big vegan movement and a big um, animal rights movement. You know, people who are condemning farming and farmers are just, yeah. to me, are absolute lunatics, you know. <laughs> you know no, one lo- no one loves a cow or a pig or a sheep more than a farmer does. You know, no one mm. who, from the person who's brought it into the world to the person who's going to take it out of the world, no one loves that animal more than the farmer that's with it day in and day out. Yeah. And I think, you know, this whole thing about, you know, the, 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 the vegan movement and stuff and all that, it's because we're just, you know, humans are so f- far removed from animals nowadays. So, yeah. so I think, you know, I, I think... You know that's that is a big big key to it. You know, I'm still very lucky to be involved in in this community and and you know and 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 be around it. So you know that's that's I feel lucky to be involved. Well, the person with the point with horses as well, I suppose, is on that note that we used to have them as part of everyday life and keep them and get around, whether it's long distance, short distance, all over cities. And I think it smelt a bit fruity in London and Paris and places like that in the uh, the 19th century with all the uh, the poop around. But it, it was part of life. And I suppose the reality is when people criticise, some people worry about jumps and the safety of that for the horses. But ultimately, the horses wouldn't necessarily be around, would they, without without the sport now and without clubs where my little girl goes for pony riding at the age of three and four as well that's the way that we've managed to keep them part of our lives yeah and like you said but you you know you can see here today you know we're spending probably close to a million pounds to uh, get a facility to house these horses you know yeah. it's, it's it's not something that they're, they're not you know they're, they're kept very well and they're they, you know they're, they're very much treated as athletes these these days horses are you know race horses are and and the horses in general you know they're they're great therapy i've seen lots of people with different illnesses like autism and stuff like that who absolutely just when they come and see the horses they just it's yeah. like two different people you know this it's a total switch over you know um and and they're just wonderful animals to be around and like i said i feel very lucky to be be part of it yeah they expose parts of you as well because they are big animals we we're talking about this on the drive up i sort of amazed that you know they're herbivores and they they're sort of huge muscular animals and i remember i took my wife on a birthday years ago, we were living in London up to Cockfusters in Middlesex. They had a little kind of horse riding thing up there, and I actually got a horse riding lesson with it. My first ever, I think I've been on a horse once as a boy, but I was terrified because of the size of them. But they could tell my horse apparently was the most placid horse there, flipped out and kicked the horse behind him just because I was not holding the reins correctly, that I was tense. And it, yeah. it's, it's a, it, you can see people who are around animals do have a, a comfortableness around not only horses, but perhaps dogs, whatever else as yeah. well. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's helped that, you know, I necessarily wasn't born into a racing family you know my, my, my dad was a bus driver and yeah. you know we, we, but I was lucky that I, I two older brothers had got involved in racing and so I've been around them from a very young age probably seven or eight you know um, whereas you know my own two daughters have been around them from from day one my youngest daughter uh, Daisy went to her first point to point five days after she was born you know wow. so, so they've, they've been around horses all their lives and they've actually you know Fern is my, my she awake el- for much of that or she <laughs> no she wasn't actually yeah. but my eldest daughter Fern who rides out for me now and, and schools horses you know who's 14 is so far ahead of 
where I was at, at her age, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, growing up around him, it's, it's it, you just yeah, you just get a you just get a an empathy with him. I think it's probably the right word. And and you, you know the you know when one's going to be grumpy. You can tell before you get in the stable whether it's going to be grumpy. But you, or you know the plastic ones. You know, and they're all different. They're no different than you and I. You know, they've all got mm. their own characters. They've all got their own traits. Um, and you just got to, you know, you got to, you got to bend with them a little bit. And you see passion. People talk about passion and careers. The people that work in this industry have to have passion, don't you? Because you are. It's a beautiful day today. Lovely to be up here. But then, in January, when it's frosty, cold, and you're getting up at four or five in the morning to to clean out the horses, I guess it's a it's a test of of the people who work here. Yeah, it is. And look, it's it's you know there there are a lot better paid now than when I was. You know, stable boys and lads and girls mm. are, are the pay is quite good now, and, and rightly so. It's it's a hard job and. You know, people who don't think it's a skilled job. It is a very skilled job. Um, and, you know, they do it because they love it. And for years and years, you know, um, as an industry, we probably played on the fact that people love this job and will do it for very little it's money. It's difficult, that, isn't it? You yeah. See, see that in my industry as well, actually, in sports media, the yeah. people, you know, the, the lower end, you kind of get yeah. work, work experience, people to do the jobs. Yeah, and, that, and, and, you know, I think we, for years we played on that as, as an industry. You know, and I know, you know, I was lucky that I was two very good employers and Captain Tim Foster and Nigel Twiston Davis, who always really looked after their staff. Mm. And I think from, from setting up here and for me in general, having worked in, in, in racing as a lad, as a, you know, as a stable lad, has definitely helped me look after my own staff a lot better, you know, in that, you know, I know what they're going through. I know that they can be having a bad day at home and sometimes they, they, they bring it to work and that's just life and you've got to deal with that, you know. Yeah. Um, but... I you do. don't want that to affect the animals as well. I no, and it does affect yeah. the animals. It can affect the animals. So, so then I have to be aware that, you know, if they're going to be, if they're in a, if they're in bad form, then I don't really want them around certain horses. You know, so you've mm. got to be aware of things like that. But, um, you, you know, they're they're passionate people about what they do because you certainly don't do this job for the money or the glamour because it's uh, there's a a lot of a lot a lot of um, muck and sweat and blood and tears that go on behind the scenes. You know. That's why, that's why, sorry, that's why we love people coming to the yard, you know, we love, yeah. we're a very open yard, love people coming on a Saturday, they can see, you know, what they see on the television is not actually always what it is, you know, to yeah. see a horse full of hay and straw on its tail and it's got, you know, big poo stain on its, on its side of its neck where it's rolling its poo and stuff and, you know, what they see <laughs> is this lovely big shiny thing at the races, well, it's not always like that, you know, and that's why we encourage people to come to the yard, you know. Yeah, a lot of love and care goes into it and it's on that note, actually, my daughter driving across from your, your old yard, which you're transitioning from, she just said to me, should we buy a pony then? And I was like, uh, well, that's a discussion for another day. Yeah. My wife and I just froze and panicked and thought, it's quite an expensive one, that one, yeah, to be fair. We'll just take you to, for the, your, your little trot around the field for, for 15 quid or whatever it is at the moment, so. Yeah an easier way um, it's an interesting aspect and in, we talk about in sport generally with humans is nature versus nurture isn't it is, is it the training is it the genetics you have that with horses don't you because there's a big emphasis on the genetics in terms of the history of the horse because you go back to what sport hundreds of years now and you can trace the, the lineage of these animals what's your take on it and, and how much influence you can have in, in moulding a, a horse oh definitely we have a huge you know we have a huge influence on on on, on moulding their career but it's like any it's again it's like any athlete if you just take away that they're horses yeah. if you get a good young cricketer or a good young footballer and he's with the wrong coach he'll never fulfil his potential sure. similarly you'll get an average cricketer or an average footballer who gets with a very good coach yeah. and they'll absolutely max them they'll take them to the max these horses are the same you know you, you, you treat them wrong early doors and you can lose them forever mm. um, but you treat them right early doors and you, you, you try and treat them as individuals and you, all you're trying to do is get the maximum to their ability 
yeah. and it's finding their ability. They're not all going to be as good as each other, so you can't train them all the same. You can't train a gold cup horse with a selling horse because the chances are you're just going to disappoint the horses running in the saddles yeah. all the time. It's no different than me trying to go run with Mo Farah. <laughs> you know, just be, you get disappointed all the time. And so you don't want to do that. So yeah, like I mu- said... Muscle type to... to yeah. yeah, yeah, So like, you know, so you've got to take all that into account. So you're just trying... All you're trying to do is max their ability out. And I've always said that, you know, I would never tell an owner that their horse is no good. Sure. Sometimes my regime mightn't suit their horse. Mm-hmm. So I would always encourage an owner, if we couldn't do any good with it, I was always encouraging an owner to try someone else who had a slightly different way of training or whatever. Because maybe our diet doesn't suit, suit horses, you know, the way we train, the times we pull out. You know, so a horse with, in, within, with 80 others who's not performing very well might be better off in a yard with 10 horses mm-hmm. because it'll just feel less suppressed and be more part of a smaller team more introverted yeah. introverted like some, yeah, some humans exactly. are yeah humans and that's how you got to just how you got to teach them or treat them just as 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 humans really not humanize them too much because yeah you, you'll get into a bit of bother doing that <laughs> but you know you gotta you got you gotta treat them as athletes because yeah. that's what they are you know so they get physio they have blood tests they you know they have very regular vet checks um so all that sort of side of it is is very much you know being part of an athlete, I, I always equate it to a to a football team where your team of horses are like your football team, and you know you can go on good runs and you go on bad runs. No similar, no different than any other sort of sport really. And you know it's 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 how you train them and when they get fit, not to overtrain them. You know I've got a couple of good friends who are footballers, and they say you know once they're once they're fit and they're, they they do very little training. Yeah. And over the years, that's what we've tried to do is once we're fit and they've had a couple of runs, we try to ease back and just keep them fresh and, and, and keep them fit for the day. You not know? overtrain, yeah. Not overtrain, not undertrain. It's a, it's a balance, you know. Yeah. And some horses, you know, some horses, like I said, you don't want to humanize them too much. Some horses are lazy um, <laughs> uh, and you have to make them train. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Some horses train really exuberant. So you have to rein them back a little bit yeah. and you just slow down. Some put them weight more easily than others. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. 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 Some will go out in the field in the summer and will be there a week and they'll be massive. Yeah. Some will go out in the field and, and they don't enjoy actually that regime. They don't like even though they're herd animals, they, they prefer the routine of being in and stable all the time and, and okay. things like that. So they're they're very much individuals, you know. Yeah, well I think one of the talk about genetics, nature versus nurture, one of the most scintillating things to watch for any sports fans in recent years was Frankel when he was demolishing, you yeah. know, kind of fields in the in the flat racing. Uh, how does that translate? Because I know that in terms of if you want his offspring, you have to pay a pretty penny. Does it always work that the, the mum and dad of their fast? No, it does the offspring not. Is? It doesn't always work. It's worked well for Frankel. Yeah. Um, his offspring have gone on and produced plenty of good winners. But no, um, it, it, again, you know, Frankel was with a very good trainer as well. And if he'd gone into the wrong hands, yeah. you just don't know. Do you make me think of Usain Bolt, you know, when he won the 9.58 yeah. seconds. It was so similar, wasn't it, the way he was just seemed to be a, a cut above. And, and, and that was for Frank. And at this generation, you know, this era, you know, maybe in another era, Franco might might have had something that, that will that, that would be better than him, or you know, in, in time, you know. So, it, but Franco, was, you know, I don't think we'll see another. One. It's a bit like jockeys as well, you mm. know. When I when I started, you know, Peter Scudamore, John Franco, Peter Scudamore was always my hero, you know, because yeah. he was just so so determined. So I would never ever see another Peter Scudamore. And then along comes AP McCoy, and you know, and unfortunately uh, for Dickie Johnson, who's probably equally. As good as AP, you know, um, he's just in that. He's in that era. You have two very good jockeys mm. in that era, with Barry Garrity and Ruby Walsh and them yeah. as well. You know, so it's just you know in their time, you know, they're they're, they're great. But I, I personally believe we'll, we will never see another AP McCoy. No. Well, it's difficult with AP McCoy as well and jockeys, isn't it? Because once you get established, it's a bit like life. Once you get the reputation, you're always going to get the pick of the best horses. So by definition, you almost 
it's harder to lose that position, is it, sometimes? Yeah, like A.P. McCoy will always say that he, he was champion jockey because he always was on the best horse. Yeah. It's not always, it wasn't always We had always to put true. the work in at the start. So yeah, it wasn't always true. Yeah. He wasn't always on the best horse because that was just that he was very modest, you know. Um, he wasn't always on the best horse, but the majority of times he was on the best horse. Yeah. Um, and um, because he was the best jockey, you know. So, yeah, but the work he put in before that, you know, and he was very naturally talented, you know, I'm very lucky to have a very good conditional Connor Brace who is who I think is, is very very talented and everything comes very easy to him it's, again let's go back to cricketers footballers things happen a lot easier for them you know they don't yeah. have to work it work at it so hard you know but some jockeys do work at it very hard and uh, you know a good example would be Paddy Brennan he works very hard at his at, at everything fitness riding out everything very good feedback they have to be very aerobically fit do they, to yeah do they yeah. do yeah. yeah and they have to be very strong and, and, and someone like Paddy you know works very hard at it and I think he he is you know maybe not as natural as some of the other as some of the other ones, but he's willing to put the work in. Yeah, and I've seen plenty of jockeys who are naturally talented who don't put the work in, who will just fall by the wayside. And it's a it's a, br- it's a brutal pursuit, isn't it? As well, when I was talking to Simon, who connected us through John Finnegan at the Cheltenham yeah. Town Football Club, and he's a doctor, and he and I was I was actually talking about making weight in the comparisons because I cover a lot of boxing. I was yeah. saying one of the few sports where you have to you know like boxing and mi- mixed martial arts, combat sports, you have to make this weight, you have to suffer to do so. But he was saying that the other connection with combat sports and and that horse racing is that actually the jockeys are way more likely to get concussions, yeah, serious concussions than, than boxers, which is it is a it's yeah. a tough it's a tough way of life, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because well, again, look, everyone says that you know there isn't any other sport where you get followed around by an ambulance, yeah, not not even in Formula One, you know. So uh, um, you know it's a very dangerous sport, but they do you know they have to be very strong physically and mentally. You know what these boys put put themselves through when they've had a fall and things like that is phenomenal to get back up falling at 35 miles an hour and hitting the ground very hard yeah to brush themselves off and ride again in half an hour is just you know to me is is, is unbelievable <laughs> you know and then you see it and you think well there's no way he's going to ride for the rest of the day and <laughs> next thing they trot out well they might not trot out but they definitely drag themselves out again to do it again you know short this way away because i think there's uh, some sort of um, machinery going on in the background there um but that that, that is true and it, the psychology of it is is attritional isn't it ap mccoy the injuries he sustained as well over the course of a career and uh, being able to come through is a di- it's different because he was a slightly bigger guy wasn't he with the jumps is it you have to be because yourself you're a, you know you're a big man six feet tall and yeah and well, i was no i was never a very good jockey but, oh, right. <laughs> but the likes of ap yeah because he would you know he would have been starving himself most of his most of his riding career as well so to, to recover from those falls when you're hungry as well, when your body isn't fully, yeah, fully fueled up, you know, it's 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 you know that that is, that is probably what is separating from everyone else. You know, and the travel as well is for you as well. Is it, is yeah, it, is it taxing? The travelling for AP wasn't too bad now. Paddy Brown did <laughs> job because they Helicopter all they, they all have drivers. They oh, all have okay, drivers. Yeah. Well, I find it. I, yeah, I hate driving, so I find the driving very tiresome. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's it's part of the job, so yeah. you just accept it. You could, you could drive yourself insane if you're going to worry about it, but you just accept it. You've got to get in the car and drive three hours most days. And it's that, it's that fan base as well. It's, it's big, isn't it? We undersell it. I think we do the stats because there's so many horse racing events throughout the year around the country that when you add it up in terms of the tendencies, it's second only to football, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So it's yeah. a huge part of British culture that perhaps we don't realise as much. Yeah, I think because there, say, there is quite a bit of it, but I, you know, we're very lucky to where we live in, in around Cheltenham. And yeah. you know, people tend to just focus on the big meetings, Cheltenham, Aintree's, 
Ascot yeah. Sandlands. But, you know, some of my favorite, one of my favorite courses is Perth. You know, oh, yeah. love going to Perth in Scotland. It's just a fantastic, friendly course, market racing. Yeah. You know, we're very lucky where we live. Very lucky all around here with places like Stratford, Worcester, Warwick. Great tracks, you know, and, and great knowledge of crowds. Ludlow is one of my favorites. You know, so it's it's um yeah. So, yeah, it's an idiosyncratic place. This place generally for sport, isn't it? Being a sports broadcaster myself, yeah. because we've got the football club, which I love. You know, Cheltenham Town and Michael Duff's doing some good things there this yeah. season. But then you've got the rug. It's known for more for rugby in this corridor part part of the country. It's rugby and, and then horse racing. The festival, yeah, the town, it just is electrified in yeah, every no. every March, and it's it's a, it's a unique place. It's quite eclectic compared to a lot of a lot of England, anyway. I suppose, yeah, and that's what I was trying to say earlier on. We're, we're so lucky where we are because we've got, like you said, the rugby, the football, and the racing. Um, it's just it's you know it's it's just a, it's a great place to live, and we're, we're very lucky to be be here. Yeah, and tell people how they can get involved as well, because I know through your social media, you've actually had people get involved in 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 sort of sponsoring horses, owning horses. How does the how does the process work on the side of people want to get involved and have that dream? Because that's what yeah. it's about, isn't it? For the the punters, I guess, who want to own a part of a horse, it's just playing the lottery and seeing if something can come good if, if a horse that likes wet ground and it's, it's raining on the Gold Cup day or the yeah, National Day you, and you, don't, you don't need to win the lottery you know that, that, those days are gone you know racing is very much like golf and that is you know the, the eliteness has probably gone out of it a little bit so you know a lot of our syndicate the best way is just to get just to contact the yard you know my partner Sally Randall runs very good um, racing uh, racing partnerships you know you got eight or ten people you know she'll put eight or ten people together yeah we'll buy a, a a nice horse for for not a huge amount of money and give a, a lot of people a lot of fun you know and it, there's something there for everyone's budget you know we got you could you could buy one at the minute you could buy a share in one at the minute for 800 pounds yeah um and um project mars and you know he'll be ready to run in a couple of months you know so or you can you can spend four or five grand or you can spend 40 grand you know it, <laughs> it's it does a huge especially with jump racing there's something for everyone you know and how, how much pressure comes around when you come to Cheltenham and things like that the week is it getting it right get, you say getting in the right mood for the animals as well is it, it, it sort of striking that emotional balance being relaxed when it, when it comes yeah it is I, I, I find I, we, we try not to you know Cheltenham's a big thing and the festival's a big thing we haven't had a festival winner yet we've had plenty of Cheltenham winners but not, not, a, not a festival winner and you know I just try and treat Cheltenham like every other race meeting because that's exactly what you're trying to do it doesn't yeah. matter you know I always say to the, to the, to the staff and the boys and girls that just doesn't matter if it's Cheltenham or if it's Ludlow or Market Racing. It's it's still whichever horse is going to whichever meeting. That you know sometimes Ludlow is that horse's gold cup. Yeah. You know, and so it's that owner's dream to have a winner, just to have a winner. It doesn't matter whether it's a Cheltenham or yeah. wherever it is. You know, and that's what it's about. You know, it's, we we try not to over focus on on just being you know because we're local to Cheltenham have Cheltenham winners. It's it's important to have Cheltenham winners everywhere at all disciplines. You know, at all at all at all. Um, different different ranges you know so um that's what we're trying to do how proud are you of your journey as well because i know it's quite unusual isn't it to, to be in the position that you're in necessarily coming through to say son of a bus driver yeah. to work your way up to to running a yard is it, is it is it a sign of the times that maybe it's becoming more meritocratic in the sport that you don't have to come in with landed money oh and- yeah de- definitely you know like i said it's, it's slightly less elite now than it was and look i've worked very hard but i've been also being incredibly lucky to be in to meet people like chris coley and Jeff Keys and people like yeah. that, you know. I've had Chris is just chatting to my wife and daughter. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Chris has been was the one who set me up, or helped me set up. You know, I, was, I wasn't happy um, towards the, my latter years at, at Nigel's, and Chris said, "Look, if you want to s- strike out on your own," he said, "You know, I'll back you." And you know, I, I think probably even he didn't think realize at the time how much it was going to cost him. But um, um, I think you know, I hope he's got a lot back out of it. You know, I trained my first grade one winner for Chris. Yeah. Um, poetic rhythm at, at uh, Newbury, and uh, so I hope he, he feels he's getting a bit back out of it. But you know. I, we work very hard, but I work very hard at doing something I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and I've been very lucky to be involved with people like the likes of Chris and that who have 
who will back me 100%, you know, so that, that's, you need a lot of luck, but you need to work hard at it as well. It's a great story, and obviously you've, you've had to move away from Ireland as well. Do you miss the, the home country? And it, it, how, does it, how does it compare the, the, the horse racing culture? Because we know there's a lot of uh, Irish accents in Cheltenham come, yeah. the, come the festival week. Um, no, I, I hate to say it because I am very Irish and I am, yeah. you know, uh, I, but I've lived in Gloucestershire longer than I lived in Ireland. Oh, wow. And I'm probably more anglicised now. And, and I go back home and I, I get frustrated by... Um, even my brothers who live over here are still very Irish and you know, it's three o'clock and be five o'clock and oh, really? yeah. I'm very much uh, I'm a very much a three o'clock could be five to three not you know if I'm going to meet you somewhere at three o'clock oh, I, I see my, mean, yeah. my, my brothers used to say I'm going to meet you at three o'clock it could be five o'clock yeah. and it might even be that day so <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm very happy here at least you've got um, mobile phones now that was yeah, exactly. worse in the old days well, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly but no I'm very I, 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 love, I love living in England I'm, I've been very lucky to live in you know where I come from in Ireland and to end up living in, in the Cotswolds as well it's just been you know I, I feel blessed with that um, and, and racing in Ireland is a lot different than racing over here yeah. um, and I, I you know I, prefer, I love training over here so yeah I feel very lucky it's great to have it and what, what do you take away what's it given you working with horses working in the industry the, the attritional side of it is it, is it covered over into your personal life do you feel that you've you're more resilient about things and perhaps you know kind of relaxed about things because you said the emotional ups and downs of, of training horses yeah no you do you, 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 you take your good days with your bad days but it, you know it, 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 this is our life you know it, it does so it, 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 it crosses over your personal and your professional life this, this is your life you know so um, you know weekends I, I socialise with people with owners so you're always talking about horses so you, you're you know me and my partner Sally who 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 is my assistant trainer? So, ten o'clock at night, it's <laughs> talking about horses. Yeah. So it is your life, but again, you know, we're not talking about steel fabrication, or we're not talking about um, inner tubes for selling tires or something like that. We're talking about something that we really love, you know. Yeah. So, it's it drives you through. Yeah, it's what you, it's, it's what we love talking about. So yeah, so we're, we're very lucky. I appreciate you talking to me. I know you've got busy days. A couple of one thing I was going to uh, say say as well is that we're here outdoors, and it's a beautiful day today. I know. And, and, playing a part in the Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival, first Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival next week. Got loads of talkers coming in talking about different aspects of health and, and wellness. And you, you kind of wonder what, you know, people say sleep is the key, people say exercise. But just being outdoors, you wonder how distant we are from that. How big has that been, do you think, for your sense of wellbeing and health, just working with horses? Um, yeah, I think, you know, some days, you, 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 when, when things aren't going great, yeah, you, you don't want to be you don't want to anywhere near anyone or outside. Yeah. But I think definitely being outside, I always find that if um, things aren't going great, uh, definitely a nice walk you know very lucky to live in a lovely part of the, yeah. of the country I live in Solberton and a nice walk around Solberton can often clear, clear a lot of troubles away so yeah definitely being outside being with the animals um, working with good people yeah so it just keeps everything ticking over yeah and finally, you said that people can come up and watch the, the yard in action. I know you're just uh, moving over now. Give us a geographical description of, of where you are, where we are now. Cause I, followed, I followed Simon here. Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I know it's just off the A40. But. Yeah, so we're in, uh, in between Compton, Ableton and Whittington. So we're just six miles outside Cheltenham Town. We're just a mile and a half off the A40. Um, we're very easy to find. Um, so, you know, once we move in here, yeah, look, I spoke with Simon as well about different things and getting different people here and, and you know, like, ex-soldiers and wow. pe- people like that and, and there's, there's a fairly elderly community around you know in, in the countryside which yeah. we'd like to encourage to come on the odd day you know maybe one day a month or something that people who don't get to see a lot of other people it'd be nice to get them to gather here maybe see the horses and have a cup of tea and a bit of cake and uh, you know and if you can 
help someone else have a good day, then that's, that's good for us as well. Yeah, the team's really friendly, aren't they? And on the, the horse's note as well, anything to look out for this season that the punters should be aware of? No, well, I always get in trouble because I'll always mention <laughs> one horse and then someone will hear this and they'll say, well, you didn't mention my horse. You said <laughs> yeah. my horse is very good. So. <laughs> they're all good. So they're all good, yeah. So I'm just very lucky to have a good team of people and a great team of horses, yeah. Fogel, I appreciate it. And I know you've got your website and social media on Twitter and we, uh, we'll keep across it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Lovely. Cheers.